Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome to the show a man who is going to have this discussion with me. He is a Maroon Tiger. He also is the partner in Ice Miller's Public Affairs Group. He is also an expert in crypto and the finance, fintech, and all of that goodness. He he knows all, a lot of things. Let me welcome the one and only Jared Lodeholt. Jared. Jared, thank Hi. you for having me. Welcome back. Good. Thank you. It's all, it's, look, it's, it's always good to be invited back. So that's always a good thing. For the record, people, Jared is always invited. I, I want him to uh, be on weekly because he he brings uh, a perspective. And for me, I'm I'm learning on these airwaves. So I bring on people, as I say, who know more than I do about things, who I can, you know, ask questions of. And I know they're going to come with truth. Uh, they're going to come with, uh, you know, integrity. You know, that's kind of the hallmark of somebody that's sitting in this seat uh, across from me. So I appreciate that you have all of that and experience. Of course. Okay, so you you just heard uh, what we were going to go in a different direction. But, you know, as we examine this president and this presidency, I feel uh, and we had Joe Madison on this week and he said, you know, the administration hasn't even reached out like he's reached out to try to get Vice President Harris on to talk about voting rights like this has to be a full court press because they don't win in 2022 with voter suppression. They don't win in 2024, period, without black people. They didn't win in 2020 without black people. And I don't know why this isn't number one. I know you got to get the infrastructure bill through, but none of that matters if people can't vote. Right. So, I mean, look, I, I, so there are a few thoughts here, right? One is, you know, that what you described as a political proposition, right? Like you can't do X if you, if you don't have Y. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, what I get a lot of is, well, why didn't we prioritize voting rights the same way we did the infrastructure bill, right? I get that all the time. And I think the answer is because you don't have the votes. You had the votes for one, you didn't have the votes for the other. And the reality is you don't have 10 Republicans who will vote for any type of voting rights legislation, period, under any circumstance, right? You don't have 10 votes. Uh, And so we've seen the For the People Act get kind of whittled down to the John Lewis Act. And for reference, HR1 was kind of what people put out there is for the people. Right. That was a really expansive, it went beyond voting rights. It was ethics reform, it was lobbying reform, it was all these things. The John Lewis version was a much, it was a slim down, pure voting rights bill. You don't have 10 additional votes for either one, right? Why? So, Why? so, so, I mean, so we know, fundamental yeah. Republicans know, and, and this is, uh, who is it? Uh, the the Waywitch. We don't want them to vote. Waywitch, Paul Waywitch, more majority. Uh, yeah. Do we have that clip, Smith? Because it's always is, is a good reminder of the of the Republican ideology around voting because they understand fundamentally they can't win if people vote. So they are going to resist it. But they're willfully out there like with that, like we know. So yeah. let's let's just let's play Waywitch. Now, many of our Christians have what I call the goo goo syndrome. Good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. He said that out loud. <laughs> we can't yeah, I mean, look, if, if, if you look at some of the trial transcripts for uh, some of these states around 
redistricting, which is, you know, something we probably should talk about at some point, what you'll see is like people aren't really hiding what their actual motivations are, right? It's really clear that the objective is for less people to vote. Uh, and that's that's a part of playbook. And, and to be even more specific, you know, I think what is what what I would say many Republicans are fighting is reinstating preclearance, which for many of them, that's what the real so you go to Shelby, I forget what year, it might have been 2013, um, which you really started to see the Voting Rights Act gutted. But what people mean by that is preclearance was at, there was a period of time for decades in the United States where if you did anything to change any kind of precinct or any kind of voting right, it had to be pre-cleared by the Department of Justice. And the most significant finding essentially result of Shelby gutting the Voting Rights Act was basically getting rid of the preclearance formula. And the preclearance formula pretty much got the South and and a handful of other places in the mix. Jared Lodeholt is here. I'm going to pick his brain about money. Uh, but we were talking about this uh, government and this administration in particular and uh, all of the things it's doing and not doing. Let's let's get some good news in. Let's what yeah. what is working, Jared? Well, I mean, look, you just had a one point two trillion dollar infrastructure package that passed. Right. And I think you know, a lot of the reporting, I, I don't think was really good, quite frankly, in the media, because they didn't tell you what was in it, right? Like, 1.2 trillion is a lot of money, right? So number one, it's like, well, what, what is that going to do? And I think there's a legitimate question as to what does that do for black people, right? And so, you know, I'll pull out a few items that I think are worthwhile, right? And I think we should be talking more about than we have to date, right? So, you got $65 billion in broadband infrastructure, right? Which I think a lot of us knew, well, where do you all think broadband connectivity is the worst, right? It's gonna be in our communities, right? By and large. We saw that during COVID with the Zoom right. and the children, that our children, black children in particular in right. inner cities were hit particularly hard and not being right. able to connect. Right, so the issue in inner city, you know, a lot of our urban core is not that we don't have the fiber in the ground, right? But that we have the fiber but can't afford the monthly payment, right? So there's a big chunk of this 65 billion that goes to an FCC program that would essentially subsidize and pay for people's internet, right? That will cover that bill, right? For a lot of people that I don't think we've talked about nearly as much. So, I mean, that's one, right? That's one thing that will disproportionately benefit many of us, right? The second piece is what's called middle mile infrastructure, right? So you can go to a lot of communities where they have the skeleton in place for the fiber, but the fiber doesn't really get to their neighborhood, right? So I'll give you an example. You have a place like, let's say, Baltimore, Maryland, right? Where it's like, yeah, of course, Baltimore has lots of fiber. It's a major city. All the things are downtown. But once you go to some neighborhoods in the outer lying areas, that fiber from road to curb may not exist in areas that are either less dense or lower income, right? So middle mile kind of fills in those gaps. The big part of this money, and I think this is really important for us to understand, is these are large, so about 45 billion of the money over five years will go to states to build out infrastructure in under or unserved areas, right? And so that's rural America. I'm from Orangeburg, South Carolina. My family's from Calhoun County, South Carolina and Hampton County, South Carolina. Very rural areas that are majority black. And the, the, the internet is really bad, right? I don't know if anybody's ever spent 
time in some of these areas, but these folks need help too. They need internet too. So this is a big pot of money that absolutely will and should go right now. Again, this is let's the, sit, let's sit there for a minute, yeah. Jared. Cause that, you know, as you're talking, I think a lot of, we take, some of us take things for granted because we don't experience it. Right. Right. So it doesn't even cross our minds. And I feel like it's the reason why we're not served by Congress because we have so many millionaires in Congress that they're out of touch with what the average citizen even has to deal with. But you, you're talking about something Drew, Drew McCaskill talks about it too. His parents are from this, you know, out, you know, Mississippi, but yeah. they're in an area where, you know, and they have, they're not poor. Right. No. But so it has yeah. nothing to do with your income or your poverty level, more to do with where you are in the world and in this country. And what does the, what is the impact of not having stable Internet? What What is that? Well, Talk one, I mean, the ability bit. to work from home. I think that for people who'd like to be able to do so, it's very difficult to do that if you don't have a stable Internet connection. Number two, you got kids who may need to learn virtually for any of a number of reasons, right? Like though most schools are in now, you still need inter- you still need the internet to do your homework. And, you know, there are countless stories where, you know, you got kids in rural America who they go to the McDonald's parking lot or the library parking lot and hopefully they can catch the Wi-Fi on their laptop, right? Like that's a problem. And I think a lot of times when we talk about what Black America needs, there's a very urban-centric focus to it as if black folks don't live in these rural areas too, right? And we absolutely, I'm one of them, right? Like I'm very much a rural black American and that's my, that's where I'm from. And I can tell you that, yeah, there are folks who have, my, my parents live in Orangeburg, right? Their internet is not great. I know they'll be like, our internet's fine. I'm like, no, it's not, right? Because I have good internet every day because I live in Metro Atlanta and I see what this difference looks like between a place like Indicator, where I am right at this moment, and when I go to Orangeburg, and Orangeburg is actually fairly urbanized for a rural area. Once you go out to other parts of Orangeburg County or other parts of South Carolina or Mississippi or Alabama or Louisiana or Arkansas Delta, you go to these places and, and no, you don't have consistent access. Or if you do, it's very expensive, which makes it cost prohibitive for a lot of people. So, you know, again, that's just one corner of the bill. We've not so, talked about. And let's, and let's pause there yeah. again. Because you're talking about $45 billion of a $1.2 trillion bill is going to ensure everybody has an internet or working, uh, you know, connection. How long is that going to take, do you think? Uh, because, again, you know, it's yeah. still the government. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah, and, and who. And so here's a, here's a, another fundamental question, Jared, and I'm a compound question asker. You know, as are, are there opportunities for. Black owned, are there black owned internet, you know, people that work yes. on these lines? Like, is this yes. going to provide jobs yes. for us in these yes. areas? Yes. So, yes, right. And you have companies that do it's, it's construction work. You're actually putting fiber in the ground, right? And so, and I think this is kind of where I know we spend a lot of time talking about what Joe Biden or what Congress does. We don't talk nearly enough about state and local leadership, right? Because at the end of the day, the money will flow from Washington. A lot of the money, the biggest pot of broadband money will go to states. And then from the states, it'll go to local governments and so forth that will apply for the money to do the projects. Here's a question. Does your local government have a minority business participation requirement for public contracts? They should. If they don't, they should. And this bill is a potentially generational spend 
in black construction companies too, minority construction companies. All right, pause there again. Jared Lodeholt yeah. is here. And this is how we should be sussing out Thank all you. of this instead of just, oh, oh infrastructure. Jared Lodeholt. Um, if I live in a place that is internet uh, insecure, right? who do I petition or who do I call to find out what the process yeah. is for getting that money to the place? Because I think about Flint, Michigan all the time. All the time. Something was done to them on a local level that the governor sanctioned and their water source got changed. And most of those black people didn't know that that was happening and what that would mean. And they didn't have a say in it. And it's not their fault. They just didn't know. Walk us through how we empower ourselves in this moment. This has gone through that money's coming. Who does yes. it go to? Is it the governor? Yes. Is it my local electors, my aldermen, my my city council? And do I need to show up to the meeting? Like, how do I get the information about the, the Internet, right. you know, and the jobs that I need? Yeah. So in a, in a rural community, that's very likely going to be your county government. And in most rural communities, your major infrastructure projects are going to flow through your counties. So that's going to be a county manager. I would say if you live in a rural community, your county manager not only knows this money is coming, but should also be in the process now kind of developing the project list for where that money is going to go. So that elected county commissioner and so forth, that race you may or may not have been paying attention to is really important now around this particular question. For if you live in a city, though, right, large, like very likely you're going to have a mayor or someone who is applying directly from the state to do these broadband projects and they're going after these dollars. So again, now that's another elected level of elected leadership where a mayor is, or, and or city manager, depending on the structure of government in your city, they know that this money is coming. So again, I'll give you an example. City of Atlanta has probably the gold standard for minority participation and they've created an entire class of black millionaires on construction projects, right? Hey, Maynard that, Jackson. Thank you, Maynard, Maynard Jackson. Jackson right? like, yes. this, is, this is what that leadership looks like. I know, you know, Mayor Woodfin in Birmingham, one of the things he's doing, he's going to spend $100 million in his second term with minority-owned business. And it's Birmingham, so it's probably going to be, it's going to be Black folks, right? So these are going to be the projects, and that's the level of leadership that I think you've got to target for that money and where that money goes. And yes, you absolutely have our firms, but you've got to have something in written in law, right? Because otherwise, like, it may or may not happen, right? You've got to actually say, look, Every contract that comes out of this jurisdiction, city or county, X percent of it has to go, at least has to go to minority owned firms, right? Like that's how you do it. That's how Atlanta did it. That's how a lot of other cities did it. Washington, DC, I think it's another, Marion Barry, right? You're seeing these, these kind of legacy issues pop back up, right? And so I think that's how we capitalize on that. And again, this, this infrastructure bill is infrastructure for airports which are federal property, have to have minority participation, right? They've got $25 billion for airport improvements. That's a lot of money, right? You've got water and sewer projects that are flowing from EPA, primarily from the EPA to state environmental agencies and public health agencies through their revolving loan funds. And those dollars would then go to local governments who, again, are doing water, sewer, flood mitigation projects, so forth and so on. So, it really is, I think, incumbent upon your local leadership, but also, man, you've got black state legislators. They need to be asking those questions that, hey, state agency X, what are we doing to ensure that this historical amount of money 
is actually getting into the hands of folks. And we haven't even started talking about workforce development yet. So again, none of that's Washington. Washington's already kind of done their job by and large by making the money available and putting it on the street. We've got to have state and local leadership step up too. All right. What else is in this that will impact us? And I thank you for that. Um, and everyone should know who their county commissioner is, their county, what is county it? Manager, county manager, county commissioner, different levels. There's always some elected legislative body at the county level who should be ensuring politically that these things happen. Administratively, there's almost always some kind of county COO, county manager. DeKalb County in Georgia has a CEO, but in many cases, a county manager. And they're they usually have a bird's eye view of where this has happened. Okay. All right. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I don't know who my county manager is. I know who my Look representative is. I know who my senators are. I know my governor, of course. But these are the people that are going to make the decisions. We should know who they are, and we should have their email addresses, and we should show up to these county commissioner meetings to find out or to ask the question, where's the money going? Right. Who's getting this money? Right. Yes. What Absolutely. else is in, in this $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that we should care about? Roads and bridges, kind of the basics, ports. You know, again, you know, another, another resource I don't think we talk a whole lot about. And again, this is workforce related. At the end of the day, how many cities do we, are large populations of Black folks in proximity to a port? Port Arthur, Texas, Mobile, Alabama, Los Angeles, Charleston. Those are just your deep sea water ports, inland ports, Birmingham, Little Rock, Memphis. I can name them all where, again, the money will come, in this case, from the DOT straight to ports, port authorities. So mm -hmm. I don't even think many folks may be thinking about where your local port authority, they're a job creator. Right. And at the end of the day, they're the ones who are going to be making decisions around these contracting decisions that we need to be watching closely, that we need to be making. We need to be ensuring like, all right, well. Who appoints the people to this board? Is it the mayor? Is it the governor? Who are they, right? And I think this ought to activate every state legislative black caucus. Like, look, y'all, y'all have had enough conferences. We've had enough prayer breakfasts. We don't need no more gospel brunches. At this point, <laughs> we need to know how much money is going to be going to our contractors in these communities and where they're going to be creating these jobs. We don't need any more conferences for this. Everything I'm telling you is on the internet. It's Again, internet connectivity is necessary, but we all have smartphones. Like this is information that's out there and we expect our elected officials to be following this. So ultimately, like again, it's out there. The model is there for what kinds of laws we need in place to ensure that there's minority participation. The money is there. Now you got to follow the money. And I think Congress's role at the end of the day is oversight, right? And I think the CBC folks, they understand that, but they got the job done to pass the bill. Right. At this point, it's like a track meet. Like we're passing the baton on the mayors, right. to the county managers, to the county executives, state legislature. Why isn't that messaging out? Why am I just hearing it, Jared, Jared Lodehold? And this is, again, my frustration is that we seem to have a, a group of people that don't understand how to communicate to the people that they need to communicate these messages to. They don't know how to communicate. Like what you're saying right now, thank you. Now I can move my attention over to something yeah. that locally impacts me. And and that's what we did the job. We're handing a baton to the next. So contact your mayor, contact your, like there should be a commercial, push the button. Yeah. Let's go. There should be multiple commercials. If you live near a port, if you need infrastructure, this is what you do next. I, 
go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, no, the, the, to answer the question of why, I mean, look, I think a part of it is, and this really got my goat the, the entire time was the media reporting on this bill was trash. I mean, and what I mean by that is we had so much back and forth about the horse race, about what Joe Manchin said or didn't say, what Kristen Sinema said or didn't say, what the squad did. I don't care. Right? Do we have I'm, media? Do we have media? So there was a story that went that came out uh, about the root. Uh, the root dot com was just lost. They lost Daniel Belton. They just lost Michael yeah. Harriet. They they lost a bunch of people because they changed. And this is what the story is saying: because the root changed from news, black news, to entertain more entertainment, right? Because that's where the algorithms are. That's where the money yeah. resides, right? You, you know, I know this. I know media a little bit. Those clickbait headlines and then yeah. the internet. This is yeah. what. So we are what we eat, and as a result, yeah. we're getting fed trash. I don't blame the media as, as much as I blame us, but we are conditioned to click on things that, like you know, Nick Cannon's penis and things that don't matter. We are more. I, I hear you. But but here's the thing, Karen. There was no media outlet that got this right. Right, right, because they're not, that's not where the money is. Yeah, There's no there's, money yeah. in it for them to do something. Like right now, we don't have any calls on this topic. But I know it's important. If I were programming based on calls, which I don't, and I tell all my hosts, the people who call up, we love them. But that is like 1% of the people who listen. Right. Anybody that calls up a radio show, most people will say, I'm my first time calling ever. That's the norm. Yeah. People who call up every day, that's not the norm. You do not program for who's clicking in. You program right. for what needs to go out. And I know that the people sitting in their cars right now or at home or, you know, they got their earbuds at work and they're like, I didn't know this information before. Thank you for this information. Yeah. They, they don't need to call up to the co-sign on it. But if we were programming based on clicks right now, I'd be like, Jared, yeah. load hole can't come back because we didn't right. get yeah. calls I'm, on look, this topic. I'm sure this is boring. I think for a lot of people, their eyes glaze over, but like, Ultimately, when we had a conversation about what this administration is doing, this is it. I think it's a lot more popular to talk about what's not happening. And don't get me wrong. I think if you black and you pay attention, you're going to be disappointed by a lot. Right. All that being said, that doesn't mean that nothing's being done. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of things that are happening. But here's the deal, Karen. That was a 2000 page bill. And I get paid by my clients to understand what's in it and help them seek out these opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. How many journalists are going to call through? That bill, it's much easier to report on the politics than it is to report on the substance. And I think ultimately, people want their bridges to be safer, right? Because if a bridge collapses, God knows nobody wants to be in the car at that time, right? Everybody talks about the potholes on their street. Well, look, we're going to fix them. You go to the airport, it looks terrible. You, 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 New York, I mean, look, we're just getting LaGuardia looking like a world class airport. How right. long, how bad did LaGuardia and JFK, JFK look for years, yes. right? Atlanta, we we can never have enough capacity to meet the needs of all the people flying in out of Atlanta every day. So again, these are all things black people use, right? When we talk about the internet and broadband and all that other stuff, resiliency. There's an entire section in this bill for resilience. What does that even mean, right? Well, flood mitigation, right? How many black neighborhoods flood every single time there's too much rain? I live in a flood zone, so I know exactly. Birmingham, Alabama, North Birmingham, floods, Jackson, Mississippi, Shreveport. I mean, I can name countless communities, but that's the case. There's money, for example, for small and rural disadvantaged water systems. Denmark, South Carolina, 
30 minutes from my house, has all kinds of chemicals in their water, didn't get reported nearly as much. But these are black people who are drinking dirty water or have to boil it or they buy it from Walmart. Imagine you had to buy bathtub water from the grocery store because, and you got to boil it because the water coming out of your faucet is brown, right? This happens far too much. In a, there's money in this bill to remove lead pipes. Now, will it remove every lead pipe in America? No, but this is the most money we've ever had for lead pipe removal. Again, we ain't talking about that. And We're the construction about, jobs because somebody's got to lay the pipe. I said that on purpose. Somebody's laying the pipe, right? Yeah, that's right. Somebody's so, but look, I think the conversation for a lot of folks is, well, we ain't had no reparations and we ain't had no student debt cancellation, so they must not be doing anything, right? And I, and I think we've got we've to gotta move away from that. It's not that these things aren't important, but we've got to actually also understand what is happening. We haven't even started talking about Build Back Better. We haven't even started talking about the U.S. Innovation and Competition Act, which has already passed the Senate, made very well passed the House in January, will be the largest investment in research and development in the history of this country. And this could be a potential boom for historically black colleges and universities. I got my Morehouse shirt on today, right? But you have countless HBCUs who have been asking for, for years, for this kind of infusion into their research infrastructure. Well, look, this bill is gonna happen. And one of the key players in that bill is Greg Meeks, member of the CBC, right. Eddie Bernice Johnson, who's chairing the science committee. We like to talk bad about the CBC, but we're not also talking about what they're actually doing. So again, I think we got to get away from kind of the no shade to like world star, some of the yeah, shade, let's shade them um, and challenge us because, you know, and I, again, I think, you know, for this audience, this not, is not boring, but it's, it, yeah. it may not be necessary for you to call up. You know what I'm saying? Right. But again, right. if you program right. based on, oh, I, 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 we used to have a host that, you know, lines would be lit all of the time. Because, you know, it's like, oh, men, women ain't crap. Call me up. 8668. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know what you think about the men, the women, the men in your life, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you're going to get people yeah. agitated to call up because it's a hot button topic. But this right. is important, which requires us to sit in it for a second and, and just and, and the media could do the same thing. They could call up Jared Lodeholt and find out because he actually read the whole how many pages, Jared? About 2000. 2000. He read 2,000 pages. You learn how to do it. it. But you know what? Black News Channel calls me. So I'm on Black News Channel. I'm on your show, right? Yes. There are only so many shows I do and and I go to these because I know that the listeners that you have, I listen to your show. I've been listening for years. So I know know the audience here and I know these are folks who care and actually follow up on. Okay. Let me just say, I appreciate you doing the work so we don't have to. And all I have to do is ask questions. And if y'all have questions, you can call him. He's going to be here a few more minutes. 866-801-8255. The lead pipe thing. What what else is in here that we should know about? Man, uh, you know that I will say, let me see, because there's a lot there's a lot in there. Right. Uh, We talked about water. We talked about wastewater flood mitigation. We talked about air transit transit right again we have never had this much money ever spent on transit as we have in this bill now look who rides the bus who's on the train now you go to places like washington and new york everybody's riding the train but when you go to uh columbia south carolina that ridership is almost 100 percent black for your transit agency Charlotte, North Carolina, Nashville, 
places like that, Houston, St. Louis, the folks who are riding in transit are going to be black. So the, now, now we've got money for new buses, bus maintenance facilities, new lines, money for transit. So if you live in the Northeast, like you can, Amtrak, folks ride the train. I lived in New York. I lived in Boston. I lived in D.C. That's how people move. Joe Biden's the Amtrak president. Everybody's known about Joe. Yep. Well, what Joe Biden actually did do was give Amtrak more money than any president's ever given, right? Like, and that's in this bill. So if you ride Amtrak, this is a good thing for you. There's less delays, right? Because you're going to have newer trains. You're going to have folks going to fix the tracks. The internet's going to be a little bit better while you're in the car. So again, like that's wow. in here. Buses. And again, I can't, you know, we talk trains. We got safe. bus drivers listening. Shout out to Ian. So, so cool. There I, you hear go. I see you, you on here. Uh, we have a lot of bus drivers uh, who listen. Um, they probably shouldn't be listening while they were riding. The but their transit the bus, systems are going to have more money. Their transit systems are going to have more money than they've ever had. More importantly, their transit system got a lot of money through the CARES Act, even before we got to the infrastructure package, because public transit took a hit when COVID because folks were at home. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did do, and again, this is a Biden administration accomplishment. They put money in the transit, right? Because transit historically in the United States, the fare box does not cover the full cost of operations. So they've subsidized transit in a significant way. So again, that's an accomplishment. Now, look, I, I, as someone who does read these things, I'm like, why aren't y'all telling people this? Joe Madison shouldn't have to beg for y'all to come on this show, that's right? right. That's and right. I think that's a frustration a lot of folks like me who supported the vice president, who like, she'll tell you. I'm, I'm a positive that she will be more than willing to have these conversations across America, particularly in Black America. But look, Black radio knows how to reach us. So why aren't they coming? I don't know. I don't work there. That's the okay. only, I can't. All right. That's the one right. answer I don't have for you. Today. I mean, it, it is it's I mean, baffling to me. It's baffling. But you want to talk I about, know, uh, you know, the time you smoke weed with somebody that is not necessarily going to get people out to vote. You just look, hurt yourself. All right. Eight, six, six. I'm, I'm, I'm still salty over that. Uh, I know. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? Eight, and then you'll come on for some drive by bull crap, but won't have a real conversation. Because what are you afraid of? Exactly. If you're doing all of these things, have the conversation, know. let the people know. And that should have been like. Number one, and then you got built in ambassadors. You got people who are going to fight for you, not just Reese and other, right. you know, you're going to have people Look, who are actually right. going to be in them streets right. with their Look, fists we, ready to, you know, not physical fists, you know, their mouth. We'll fists. ask God together because okay. I don't know. All right. We'll All right. Uh, just a point of um, clarification. Build Back Better is not the 1.2 trillion infrastructure. No. Bill. They're not the same thing. So They're different build things. Back better. Build Back Better. <laughs> What's the difference? A $1.75 trillion social spending measure completely separate from all the infrastructure things that we talked about, right? Really Has quickly. that passed? No, it passed the House. It's in the okay. Senate now. All right. And so what we're going to have in the Senate, the Senate parliamentarian and Joe Manchin are ultimately <laughs> going to decide what gets to the 50th vote, right? And what's likely to be on the chopping block, there's some immigration provisions, probably won't make it. Paid family leave, obviously we all want that, may not make it, but here's what will be in there. Again, the media reporting has been about what's not going to be in there. Well, let's talk about what's in there. Almost 200 billion, Karen, with a B, for housing, affordable housing, construction, right? Now, who fought for this? My former boss, Maxine Waters, who fought tooth and nail to make sure that those dollars got in the bill, right? What does this money do? 
build affordable single family housing. There's a first time home ownership credit in this. This is money for affordable multifamily housing through the housing trust fund. I mean, section eight vouchers, every housing authority in America has a waiting list through around the block every time they open up section eight vouchers. Well, this money helps to provide more vouchers. Now, who y'all think in the line, right? Like at the housing authority, we've been, we've done this before. So again, black folks are gonna disproportionately benefit from this. But again, the reporting about Build Back Better has been, you know, the progressives don't want this, they don't want this, they don't want that. Yeah, right, this is legislative, that's what it looks like. But at the end of the day, what was in this thing that passed, massive housing, child tax credit, we're gonna extend it for another year. How many folks have gotten that additional $300 per kid, per kid, because of what was in, I want to say the CARES Act, that may have had that child tax credit extension. So again, the child tax credit extension is in here. That's more money in people's pockets. You're expanding the earned income tax credit. Earned income tax. This is why Black folks, when they file their taxes, they get that big check. They're like, man, yeah, it didn't come from the sky. If you make under a certain amount of money, usually in that forty to odd thousand dollar range, you make under that, and it decreases as you make more money. This is designed for working people to put more money in their pockets. This bill would extend that, right? We've got money for not only universal child, universal pre K, but child care. I got you, you, I got two kids in this daycare. This thing ain't cheap, right? You know, so these are things that help put money in people's pockets that we ain't really talking about a whole lot. You're going to expand Medicaid in this bill, right? Build back better. Where you look in places in the South, your governor didn't expand Medicaid. We got premium support now so people can buy health insurance through the Medicaid program and not depend on some Republican governor who doesn't want them to have health insurance, right? That's a game changer in places like South Carolina. That's a game changer in places like Mississippi. That's in Build Back Better. You got money for hearing aids. A lot of folks will tell you, if you ever had to buy a hearing aid for your grandma, your auntie, or somebody, those things ain't cheap. This is going to be a benefit now through Medicare that folks are going to be able to buy, right? That's in Build Back Better. There's so much in Build Back Better. I couldn't run through this if you had me for an hour. Is that much stuff in the bill. But again, the, the, the media reporting is, well, what's Joe Manchin said today? Well, look, we'll come around to that. We'll get a bill done. But that's legislating, getting right. to that fifth year. Right, oh. right. But and, again, and they don't even target Joe Manchin to hold him accountable so that he can actually you know, not be an impediment to progress. It's just fodder for the clicks and the algorithms and the, the, the fake discussions that people had, the outrage yeah. that they have on Twitter and other social media platforms. Let's take some calls because people actually do care. I, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, but now, they, they, now they called up. James in Miami uh, wants to talk messaging. Hi, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, family. How y'all doing today? Good, James. All right. <laughs> Brother Loho, do you think you could explain how the kind of how the legislative language is written because I have run into all my ADOS brothers and sisters who say if it doesn't specifically say this is for black people, they keep coming up with this ain't doing nothing for us. And would I be wrong in assuming that the way this is operating, can I think of it as a reverse Ehrlichman type of situation, as you say, trending towards the benefit of all black people while not specifically saying black people? So, yeah, let me let me put a constitutional point on this. And, and I appreciate my ADOS brothers and sisters because I feel them like I'm sympathetic to this. Like I would love a world where I can say black people are going to get X. 
The problem is if you put that in a bill, it'll be in court the next day. And constitutionally, you can't just give something to one group. Right. The 14th Amendment makes it such that that's why you see things saying minority and women owned right. and all right. that. Right, 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 right. Because there's this thing called the 14th Amendment, right? That government can't just give a benefit to a certain group without really extensive work and study around being narrowly tailored. I don't want to rehash law school or con law for anybody, but there are constitutional limitations on your ability to just say, hey, group A, I'm going to give you and only you this thing, right? You can't do that with broadband anyway, right? It's a it's fiber in the ground, right? So you can't be like, I'm only going to put fiber in the hood. Well, no, like it's fiber with signals that you actually want to reach as many people as possible. That being said, you got to look at where we are, right? The point I made about Section 8 vouchers is like, look, my white friends are not, a, not, not to say they are white folks on Section 8 because there are plenty of them, but disproportionately black folks are going to over-index, right? So if you significantly expand the money you're going to put into a program like Section 8, then we're going to disproportionately benefit from that investment, right? And ultimately, in a world where a constitution still governs policy, that's the best you're going to do. Now, the, that being said, I do think we don't have enough pressure on our state and local elected officials to do their jobs. Because what often happens, and we don't talk about it a lot, is a lot of money goes unspent you because we didn't it. go and get it. Because we didn't actually have a strategy for how we were going to plan it. And I can tell you, as someone who works with and represents municipalities, advises mayors, I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of folks you all have elected that they are not tuned in. Right. And y'all might want to check on them because this is in part why you elected them to do it. Now, look, they'll call you when they need money. They'll call you for the prayer breakfast. And like I said, I don't, I'm not going to any more prayer breakfasts. I'm, I've been to so many of them. I had enough pancakes. We don't need that anymore. So, look, I think at the end of the day, what the ADOS brothers and sisters are going at, I understand it. But in the world where we live, where real decisions are being made, the Constitution has very real limitations. So what's the next best thing? You've got the next best thing, but there's leadership. Right, right. I was going to say, and if you care about the community and not just a platform where you are trying to be seen, then you're going to, you know, bring on people like Jared Lodeholt to talk about how it disproportionately impacts black people. And that should be good. That should be good. Yeah. Um, Tess in North Carolina, I want to get as many calls in. I know you have a time limit. You got to pick up your babies. Oh, yeah. Tess yeah, in good. North Carolina, you're on with Jared Lodeholt. Hi. Hi. Let me take him off the speaker before I, because that's messing you up here, and I don't want to be on the blame there, Professor Hunter. How are you? Good. Okay, come on, Mr. The guest. Uh, yes, I have a Jerry. question about the uh, mayor. So I'm going to call it our mayor for Charlotte, North Carolina. And thank yeah. you for bringing it up for the transit system. We are horrible. So let me call out Val Lyles. I need you to get up and get moving. We go to those county commissioners moving uh, meetings all the time. She has disappeared. Ms. Val Lyle has been disappeared since she was elected in 2017. Calling you out. We have transit system that runs all through Charlotte during these huge events or whether or not there's an event. And we're standing, we have elderly people standing at the bus stops and there are no shelters. That's ridiculous. And I'm initially not even from Charlotte. I'm initially from Virginia Beach, but I've been there for 24 years. I have never seen a city like Charlotte, North Carolina, NASCAR, home of NASCAR, 
runs the way that it does, and our elderly people are standing at bus stops with no shelters, and they're also catching buses at a certain time of the day. Our city transit does not run all through the night. It will stop and it will drop you off halfway, like, for example, Central Avenue in Charlotte doesn't run a full load schedule. It'll drop you off. So they're walking nine blocks to get to the remainder to their destination. Mm. Okay. We, we, I just want to get more calls in. Thank you. I appreciate you, Tess in North Carolina, and shouting out the mayor, uh, Vi, Vi Lyles, Alexander Lyles. Uh, let's take uh, Carol in Kansas City. Uh, you're on. Hey, Carol. Hi, hi, uh, Karen, and hey. uh, I'm taking out the speaker. Hi, Karen and J- Mr. Jared. I want to thank you for your show, Karen, and your support that you always give us excellent all the time and the speakers that you have on there. Mr. Jared, how do we as a people, I hear you guys all the time, what we need to do, how do we get this message out to uh, to all of people who don't listen? To I mean, our word of mouth, I will tell them. But also, we need to get it on other stations. Like y'all say, how the media, the news don't report it. They do all that stuff on purpose to hinder us as a people. All of this is done on purpose. What strategies can we use to get around that where we can get it on the news and get it on, on reports where people hear it, where they know, so they can wake up? Carol, thank you for your call. I'm, I don't think it's, uh, they're not willfully trying to misinform black people in particular or anybody. They are following a business model that says the more clicks and algorithms that, that, that work in their favor, the more money they make. This is a business model. We're operating in a business, which is why we have to be super careful about what TV show we click on, <clears throat> what, what news item we click on, because we are voting with our eyeballs and our fingers and telling the media outlet, this is what we want. This is why I'm very, you know, I've told my class today, I don't even click on certain stories if I see a headline because I don't want to feed that algorithm because I don't want, you know, that to be out there. But we all have to have that commitment to it in order for it to be an impact. This is a business decision. They're not sitting in a boardroom. I've been in those rooms and say, well, let's figure out what we can do to hinder black people. A lot of us hinder ourselves with what we choose uh, and show the world what we choose. Jared, would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I think there are lots of outlets that reach black folks where we do need more news, right? Like, like, look, Steve Harvey, Ricky Smile, and look, they put news on the show, right? I just think that, you know, we should be making sure that we get news from them too. Black News Channel, how many folks actually listen, watch? Because a lot of, I, I'm on there too. You, they said you and Black News Channel are one of the, Roland, Roland, Roland also has Roland a lot of news. Martin. Yeah. I mean, Roland Martin talks about this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. How many folks are supporting Roland Martin? So a I lot, but that's, that's the, I think a lot. And yeah. so, you know, I sit here in privilege because we are supported. Urban View is supported. And, and right. so this is what informs me that people do care. You know, I'm not, yeah. we're not following the clicks and the algorithms, but the, the amount of people who listen to Urban View tells us we, we are reaching people. That needs to be the standard. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. and, and, but we're not going to shift the universe of media unless we start tuning out of these entertainment vessels that, that, that pretend to be news outlets. So I'm talking C- about CNN. Yes. I'm talking about MSNBC. I'm talking about Fox, all of them, all yeah, of them. And, you know, we could say, yay, the Rachel Maddow, but the reality is rinse and repeat all day long. They're curating for you. Not all the things you need to know. And it's not a, you know, it's, it's not good. It's just not good. 
Yeah, I mean, look, the Rachel Maddow, and look, I watch these sometimes too. And like, look, they do a lot of Trump talk and this and the other. Like, look, Trump is gone. This no, bill but is Trump bad. still makes money for them, Jerry. I know he does. And that's why he's there, right? But at the end of the day, that's not news I can use, right? Trump doing something at Mar-a-Lago or going to the Braves game, that's not news I can use. That doesn't help anybody get broadband. That doesn't help anybody's bridge get safer. That doesn't lay a that doesn't lay a brick, that doesn't put a brick anywhere, right? So look, we you're right. We gotta. That's the diet. That's what we got to cut out of our diet. I've seen it in MSNBC would be at the top of the list. And to and to uh, her point, you know, uh, we need we the people need to do a better job of stomping out misinformation. Like when my mama tried to send me something from Facebook, I'm like, that's not true. Stop it and stop sending it to people like we got to be hardcore, even with the people in our family that we love to stop doing that. Um, yes. Let's take one more call because I know you got to run. I'm looking at the clock for you, Lee That's in fine. California. We got one more. We got one more. Let's do it, Lee. Make it quick. Be off speakerphone. Let's go. You're on with Jared Floatholt. Come hey, on. How you doing, General? Uh, how you doing, General? Hey, hey, hey. And Mr. Jared, uh, yes, sir. I got two fold questions, real quick. Um, yes, sir. For the average persons like myself, I be on my city council meetings, planning commission calls, going everything. Just got off one last night for four hours. I hear you about the the bills being passed, but I yeah. rarely hear a whole lot of talk co- talking about securing the money for the average person for some of those programs in those rural areas. To, yeah. to matter of fact, the city council lady calling me right now uh, to secure that money to help those in those areas because the, I know you got to go through the process, but the average person hear that they know about the red tape, the grants, and then it becomes so time consuming that you be like, you know what, I'm done with it, and it's like, yeah, I hear all the money's there, but how do you get to it to access it quickly? My other yeah. thing is, I hear about when you say expanding, like, the Section 8 and stuff, too. But from my mindset, I also hear something like, that, yeah, but what what is Section 8 doesn't provide you buying. It's not You're not buying anything with that. Like, if Section 8 was built in. Yeah, but it's keeping you from being it's, homeless it's, it's, if you're in that let situation, me, Lee. We yeah, gotta, let go me, I'm sorry. Yeah, let me jump in there. One. That was an example of 188 billion. That might be like 17 or 20 of it, right? There are actual home ownership programs that are going to be better in Build Back Better, which is one of the reasons why we need it passed. So there's lots of home ownership opportunities that are going to be a part of that bill too. So Section 8 is just one example. But again, who's going to over-index as first-time home buyers? Us, black and brown folks. So yes, that helps us. I understand your point. But again, also realize that people need subsidized housing. Right. Like people live in public housing. Right. So the answer is we do it all. And what the housing section of Build Back Better does is it touches every aspect of affordable housing to affordable home ownership, Section 8, public housing. So you got that. To your first point, how do we get the money? I mean, look, that really is leadership. Your local leadership has to almost like I hate to use football now to be the fullback. Right. To clear out all the mess to get the touchdown, right? Like if the community is a tailback, the leadership you should be electing. And again, I am going to put the burden on them because these are y'all's people. Y'all talk to them every day. They will bother you about putting a, you know, buying an ad in their magazine or whatever and all the other nonsense. They put yard signs all over your yard. Where's this money? And I'm not voting for you until you do. And if you don't know, go figure it out, right? Like they signed up for this job. They signed up to inform you. Y'all see them, they in the grocery store, pull them to the side. That's what democracy is. And ultimately, like I get it, nobody gets the money as fast as they should, but it is incumbent upon them to tell y'all how to get it. Nonprofits in your community, same thing. 
businesses in your community who can use this money. Same thing. Y'all remember when the pandemic happened? We tried to get PPPs to everybody. Too many people got PPPs, right? But at the end of the day, we needed information. And the information, when it came down, came from elected officials. And at the end of the day, that's their job. So like, and how many of our folk didn't get the PPP and the people that I mean, didn't deserve didn't. to get it, it just right. because they didn't get the information? There Jared, you go. I know you have to go. Um, please, you'll come back. You, you're always Jared, invited. Oh, I'm back. Let me know. I'm happy right. to come. All right, Smith, you heard him. Jared Lodeholt, follow him because he's also very responsive on the Twitters. J A R R O D Lodeholt is his name. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.